Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. Angela, we are going to talk about in this episode some examples of difference between the clinical therapeutic environments, the you called them uh, sensory gyms, and real outside spaces, right? Yes. All right, so let's jump in. And I think this will also apply to early childhood settings too, because they there's some overlap with that. So um, one example that I really started thinking about is those uh, sensory balance beams. I don't know if you've seen them, but they are engineered to be sensory. They're plastic and they have little pickies on, on them to make them sensory. So there's little bumps on the balance beam, the uh -huh. plastic balance beams. And, um, but they're kind of uniform and they feel, I don't know if you've ever stood on one, but they feel pretty awful. <laughs> so that's, a, but that's an example of something we might have in our clinic setting to work on the child being able to tolerate going barefoot, for example. Now, thinking about that, and then thinking about a log, like a, a natural log outdo outdoors that um, children can also walk on barefoot that acts like a balance beam. Um, and looking at the two scenarios and which one would, if your goal is to provide a rich sensory experience that's going to create change in the child which one do you think would better meet that need oh my personal experience is the log yes <laughs> right and so often when i do speak engagements we kind of dissect it a little bit and you know usually the log um sometimes it's it's over some water and it has some give to it and so there's so many different things happening with that like when a child walks on it it might move and challenge dynamic balance. Um, I have an image of a child. Um, I often show an image of this too, mm -hmm. of a child walking on a log and it, usually their feet are gripping the log as well. So they're, because it's more challenging, the feet, the feet muscles are working harder. Um, and then you have all, you know, the, the um, sensations with being outside happening. So you have the wind, you have bird sounds, you have, um, you know, different things going on in the distance. So you're challenging your vision. And so you compare that to what's happening in a clinic setting and you have them walk on a plastic balance beam that doesn't move when they walk on it. It's not challenging their feet muscles that much. There's no, um, there's no dirt getting dirty, right? It's all sterile. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times if a child, if the goal is to, to, you know, help them tolerate different te um, textures on their feet and that kind of thing, you know, is that really meeting our goals in a clinic setting? And often, even if a child goes barefoot on the plastic balance beam, it doesn't necessarily generalize over to a real world. Like they're not all of a sudden going to go barefoot let's say even on, um, you know, a rug, Never mind walking on dirt outside. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it doesn't generalize over. It's not real world uh, situation. Whereas when you're walking on a log outdoors barefoot, that is real life. And so you're going to be more likely to walk um, on the dirt and walk in maybe even mud puddles because it's, it's a real experience. Listen to you talk about the log. It got me to thinking about one we had uh, when we had our family childcare program. It was probably four to six inches in diameter, you know, the way they taper and um, eight, 10 foot long. And 
I cut it down from the yard here and we put it down and it starts out with bark on it. And that's an experience. But then that same log over time, I mean, it rains and it's, it's a wet bark log and that's a different experience. And, and over time the bark starts peeling and, and that's a different sensory experience. And then they find the creepy crawlies um, under, you know, between the bark and the actual wood of the log. And that's an experience. And then, and then they, the log sits in one place for a while and they move it and there's that moisture under, with more creepy crawlies and and then they decide they're going to move it across the play yard and it takes four of them to do that and that's yes. a different experience and, and over the course of three or four years the log actually starts decaying and and that's a different experience they can start picking at that wood that that sat to the ground for 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 a long time and and that's a different sensory experience and and all the time with the the naked toes and the naked fingers it it's just it's just dynamic Yes. And on the other side of things, we had a a piece of PVC pipe, you know, four inch diameter, eight foot long with T-fittings on the ends. Inside is a balance beam. And for the same number of years, it was exactly the same experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. better than nothing, but not nearly <laughs> what the log offered. It's more uniform, right? I love that your example because it offers endless opportunities outside. Um, the other thing is, it's a, it feels more of a choice if that's already out there outside and children, they might jump on it for a minute. They might jump off. They, you know, there's no preconceived we're doing this right now. Whereas in a, sometimes in a clinic setting, one-on-one therapy, that balance beam is part of an obstacle course or something. And there's that parent that not parent, but the adult child interaction, there's a little bit of a preconceived we're doing this right now and that can actually increase anxiety level in children with sensory issues when it's not a choice and so again going outside in a real environment where things are an an opportunity like you were saying or a choice actually helps children with sensory issues as well yeah i could imagine a child that's having these issues and then it i mean it's walk on the balance beam day. It becomes a lesson and not an experience. And that, that's got to be stressful. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this one up, and <laughs> we were going to go into examples, and we, we've talked for a whole episode about logs and balance beams. So uh, look forward for more examples in the next episode. But before we wrap this one up, if you're in, say, an early learning setting, and you have a balance beam, and, that, and you don't have a log, and for whatever reason, you can't have a log, um, what are some ways we could make that balance beam, I don't know, better, more, more kid friendly, more a real experience than an activity or lesson? Mm, That's a good choice. Uh, A good, I mean, a good question. Um, I think that if you have a balance beam, it's not the end of the world. It's just, this is more of a like eye-opening experience of why sometimes using what's already out there is all you need because those balance beams can cost a couple hundred bucks too. And yeah, the, a, a log, you call a tree guy so, and they yeah. bring you one. Right. So you don't necessarily have to get rid of it, but just really thinking about the outdoor world and what it can offer children. I, I think, well, I mean, our, our balance beam experience, the plastic one I mentioned that we had inside, we, we kind of followed Peter Gray's conditions of uh, play with that. And however they chose to use it, um, we went with it. And so sometimes it became, I mean, one end would be up on, on a table and they'd have the other end against a wall so it wouldn't slide and they'd be trying to walk up it. 
right. or using, yeah. yeah, using it as an obstacle course and and going under it. Other times we did things like uh, hot gluing uh, sandpaper to it, so it had a little bit of texture, those okay. kind of things. And so I guess the real takeaway is if you if you're you only have that as an option, anything you can do to make it more of a variable in the environment is probably a step in the right direction. Yes, absolutely. Anything else on this one before we wrap it up? No, I think that's, that's good. And next, what, next we come back with another example? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll call this one the log episode. <laughs> this has been Timbernook Tips. We'll be back soon, like in exactly a week, with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Timbernook Tips. Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash Timbernook. For more Angela, visit Timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.